0: Remember how amazing Ash Wednesday was when we were kids? I grew up in Catholic grade school and high school and I can remember as a little kid being so excited for Ash Wednesday. And there was a little competitions of Ash Wednesday which made it special. It was trying to figure out who had the darkest, who had the biggest, who had the longest lasting cross on their forehead. Remember that? Remember how cool that was? And in fact, that's so ingrained in my experience of Ash Wednesday that earlier today when I was imposing ashes in the auditorium of the IMU, and I kind of missed on one guy. I felt like I had deprived him of something good. <laughs> because, like, he needs to have a honker of a cross on his forehead, and I, I he had bangs, and I just, I whiffed on the, on the cross part, you know? Like, but when we think about it, Ash Wednesday is a strange, it's a weird, it's a unique celebration, I mean, we're gathered at 6 o'clock in the evening in church to have ashes imparted on our forehead. Why? Well, probably most of us don't really know or understand why, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But not only that, like, it's a Wednesday. Why couldn't this be a Sunday? And it's this Wednesday because of the lunar calendar. Who knew that? And it's not the same Wednesday every year because of the moon, and yet we come and we have ashes, and it's not just any old ashes, it's ashes from blessed palm leaves from the previous year's Palm Sunday. It's a weird and unique celebration and feast, and yet it is the uniqueness that can help us truly understand the depth and the beauty of the symbolism. Most of us don't have daily or even regular experience of ash, unless we're a smoker. Ash is not a part of our life. It's just not a part of most of our lives. And even now with e-cigarettes, if you smoke, you don't even have to worry about ashes. So here's the thing, like with ashes, like we have these things put on our forehead, but it's the symbol. It helps us to understand several things. And perhaps the three most important things are this. I am not enough. I need help. I need to change. And perhaps the one that we forget the most is we are in this together and we are better together. We are the people of God. If you notice in the first two readings... Oftentimes we miss this. Oftentimes we fail to see this. In our desire to be better, in our desire to change, in our desire to become a better person, we think that we just have to work harder or pray harder or do something more on our own. And yet we hear again and again and again in the first two readings this first person plural, we. We hear this especially in the second reading. We are the ambassadors of Christ. We implore you on behalf of Christ for our sake. You know, we all need to change. We all need to be better. And today is a reminder of that. But it's also a reminder that the reason we get better is not to make myself a better person, but because I want to make you and us a better people. This is not about me, it's about what we can become. That if each and every one of us changes for the better, it has a ripple effect throughout the entire world. This is the saving message of Christ, is that if I can be changed in my heart, then my world changes and I can change the world with other people. It's a love that is given to us so that it can be given away. The Gospel of Matthew, freely you have received, freely you are to give away. And it is into this mindset, into this worldview, that it helps us understand perhaps better and with new eyes what the spirit of Lent is about in terms of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. That in Lent, our fasting is not about having a rocking beach body for spring break in a couple weeks that our fasting is about loving more. So if when someone offers you uh, whatever you gave up, beer, bread, M&M's, and you get all upset, oh, God, I just want M&M's, why can't I have M&M's? God, that's not good. It should be a reminder that, yes, Jesus, I love you. And I do this because I want this little sacrifice to help me love you in other people more. And then we, this fasting, this thing that we know from our very youth is a part of Lent, helps us to realize the importance of prayer, of being in constant dialogue with our Lord and with our Savior. That if we need to change, if we want to change, we have to listen, and we have to talk to the agent of change. And finally, almsgiving. We don't think that our little bit can contribute. Our little bit can change the world. But in giving a little bit of ourself in a new way, monetarily or simply just in our time or talent, we can change the world for another person. Time and again, as a priest, I hear stories of someone who came to know and love Christ more in their life, not because someone gave them money, but because someone gave them time, someone listened, someone gave of himself or herself in a profoundly selfless way that helped this person see God, know God, and love God more. And so each of us are called this Lenten season to enter into it with a spirit of togetherness. You know, this is a divided time. These are divisive issues that are going on in the public sphere. And if we can be united in our love for one another, our striving after perfection in Christ Jesus, we can change the world for the better. And it starts today. And it starts in simple and subtle ways. And it grows and it grows and then it takes over. And we have the Spirit, the Spirit of God dwelling within us and among us on this campus, in this community, in this state, so on and so forth. May we each have the strength and the courage and the conviction to realize, to remember, and to always put Christ Jesus first in our Lenten observances.